Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only wrestling podcast on the planet. My name is Simon Miller. You are the listener slash viewer, depending on what you are doing. Of course, you can watch us on YouTube. Probably doing it right now. Hello, YouTube people. It's youtube.com forward slash the mirror report rules. But also, we're an audio podcast too. That's what happens in 2019. And if you are listening in your ears, that was me slapping my hands together. Because why the hell not? A quick shout out too to everybody on patreon.com forward slash Simon316. You're the reason I'm able to do these podcasts. And if you'd like to throw a dollar into the mix too, that would rock. Link in the description below. Well, yeah, just go to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. The more money that goes in the account, the more podcasts I can do and the more time I can spend on it. And you can come on the podcast as well. All the information is on there. Come follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Simon316. That's enough pimping. Let's get along uh, about talking about some wrestling. It's been interesting. It's been an interesting few days. We had Fastlane, we had Raw, we had SmackDown. Very, very WWE focused at the moment, unless you're into New Japan and you're checking out the New Japan Cup. Not going to lie, New Japan Cup isn't sort of front and center for me at the moment. I'm always keeping an eye on it to, to see what's going down. But with WrestleMania season clocking up, the old school, I guess, kid wrestling fan in me gets taken away, uh, gets taken away by that a little bit. And I think all in all, it's been a good three days. We will talk about Kofi Kingston in a second. Let's start with Fastlane. I was surprised. I stayed up. I watched two hours of Fastlane before I went to bed. And I watched two hours of Fastlane when I got up. Before I did ups and downs for what culture. Obviously that video is up now should you wish to go and see it. I thought Fastlane was alright. I went to bed feeling quite, you know, pumped about what was going to happen the next day. And then when I did wake up, everybody thought, oh, there's only a couple of good matches. And this sucked and that sucked. I'm not saying everything was great. And I'm, you know, some of the finishes especially were a little bit eyebrow raising. I didn't really understand why they did that. But I, th- I thought given, you know, the fast lanes we've got in the past, given that sometimes fast lane can feel a bit like it just gets in the way to WrestleMania, I thought it did a decent job. And look, we took Andrade and Rey Mysterio off the pre-show. We put that on the main show and added Samoa Joe and Half-Truth to it. So we had a decent four-way there. Uh, what's the other? I mean, I mean, let's focus on the bad. The only real bad thing... I mean, it depends what you think about the Ronda Rousey stuff. For me, I couldn't criticize the Ronda Rousey stuff too much because it just made so much sense for the story. Like, after everything that had happened the previous week or the previous few days, of course Ronda Rousey was going to come out and do that because, A, it protects Charlotte. And if Charlotte is going to lose at WrestleMania, which I believe that she will, probably take the pin or the submission too, you couldn't have her lose a month beforehand. And Ronda was always going to do that. You know, so that's why I guess if you didn't see that coming or you expected WWE to do something differently, then yeah, I can understand that why why you would have rolled your eyes. But I thought that was the only direction they could go in, and I'm I I, I haven't been so offended by the Ronda Rousey cutting promo. The only thing I will say when it comes to Ronda Rousey cutting these promos, saying our oh, wrestling's fake and Charlotte and Becky couldn't hang with me. I mean, it is all true. Let's let's not pretend otherwise. But the only you know, the only thing that gets me is that if it, there's a big disconnect because I know even if I do want to, even if I did for a second actually believe that Ronda Rousey had gone out on her own, all it takes is to see her in the ring with anybody else and go, well, you're not actually beating them up for real. Therefore, these words aren't true. Like, you know, Ronda Rousey would go after the face. She would, you know, she would annihilate somebody in seconds. She kind of did that with Dana Brooke, but still you can tell. But I don't mind what they're doing. Uh, but other than that, yeah, you know, I thought I thought Fastlane was decent. Like, the, you know, Mustafa Ali being added to the triple threat, no problem with that. Uh, the whole trickery with Kofi Kingston, I know, it's a swerve. But I, I, I would say the only criticism I throw in there, maybe Kofi Kingston should have beaten the bar. Like, you know, the bar aren't doing anything. It doesn't really matter if they win or lose anymore. So a quick roll up out of nowhere so that Kofi Kingston didn't get another loss on his record, but he still got screwed over, and it was still a nice, oh, is he going to be in the championship match? No, he's not, and a few people called that at the time on Twitter, which I thought was quite fun. Main event with The Shield versus Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, and Bobby Lashley. I thought all the tick- ticked all the boxes that it would have done anyway. You know, it was nice to see Roman Reigns get the win and do The Shield powerbomb, and I just think everything with Roman Reigns at the moment I think is, I think is quite fun. 
And yeah, the four-way for the US title that we chatted about too. Like, yeah, the Oscar match sucked, right? There's no two ways about it. The whole slipping on the apron thing, which they then redid on SmackDown for who knows why. That was a bad, uh, that was a bad idea. But I mean, the only reason it's a bad idea is because the SmackDown women's title right now feels secondary to this feud between Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. I'm not sure that I was as invested in fire and desire as I probably needed to be to actually accept that breakup. Also, where's Naomi and Carmella gone? They're a tag team. We're not doing anything with that anymore. So, by the way, I thought I liked it. I thought it was decent. I enjoyed it from start to finish. I thought it was fun. I don't think I'm forgetting about anything else. I don't think anything else we really need to we, we, we really need to touch upon. Oh, the Usos versus Shane McMahon. Yeah, and, and the Miz. You know, Shane McMahon did his expected heel turn. I thought it was fun. I'm not saying it's the best wrestling paper you've ever seen. But I thought the match quality was high. Yeah, Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nia Jackson Tamina was okay. But there's nothing wrong with being okay. Not everything has to be on fire. I liked it. My only worry, and this has been doubled since SmackDown, is I think bringing Kevin Owens back to TV so early was a mistake. It clearly, whatever the plans were, it clearly wasn't this. So now for him to be lost in the shuffle so quickly, I think sucks. Especially because this is the face turn that a few of us have wanted to see. You know, always thought that Kofi would, Kofi, that Dan, uh, Kevin Owens would fit into that bracket quite well. But they haven't given him a chance. And it is because of all of this Kofi Kingston stuff, which I'm behind. You know, it, there's an, there's, as always with these things in wrestling, everybody gets on board and then slowly it breaks away. And there's like a wedge that gets put in there because nobody can ever stay on the same page. And now what we're seeing is that Kofi Kingston shouldn't win the world title because it's not about deserving it or tenure or how long you've been somewhere. It's about being the top guy, moving ratings, selling merchandise, and so on and so forth. I don't really buy into that. I mean, you're allowed to your own opinion. And everyone's going to look at it differently. I don't really look at it that way. But I do think that the fact that this Kofi Kingston thing has come out of nowhere, and fair play, credit to WWE, they've decided to go with it. And for years, we've been saying that they don't do that. They don't listen to the crowd. And, you know, we should be pushing guys as and when there's a, there's a swell of interest. Well, there has been a swell of interest for Kofi Kingston. And thankfully now, we've jumped aboard that train and as far as I'm concerned, as the title of this podcast is, I think, well, unless I change it, sometimes I change the titles, but as of right now, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to go all the way. WrestleMania, fundamentally, has always been an event where the good guy stands on top. It's why when Triple H won- retained his world championship a couple of times, there was a big hoo-ha in the internet, on the internet and just in the, the wrestling press in general because a bad guy had won at WrestleMania. And really, if you go through it, it doesn't happen that much. But... Given that it is the show where the good guy usually comes good, and that at the start of 2019, this was never the plan for Kofi. I mean, he has derailed Mustafa Ali's push. But hey-ho, man, that's not just wrestling. That's life. That's the that's the business that you're in. There's always you know somebody after your spot. Yeah, and the, I, I don't see why we don't do it. I'm not saying that Kofi Kingston's going to have an extended run, but the fact that he's going to have one at all, and that it will probably happen at WrestleMania, I think will be a real moment. For anyone that's watched wrestling as long as I have, I mean, obviously, yeah, he debuted in 2008. Yes, that would be correct, or, or there and thereabouts. And yeah, I'm not going to pretend that I was ever the biggest Kofi Kingston fan. I really liked it when he got that first push against Randy Orton. I think we could have done something with him then. Always thought he was a top athlete. And I'm sure if he had put in, been put in the right storyline or the right position, I would have actually got behind him, like I am now, to be a champion too. But the, the point being, he never got there. So now that we will get that, even if it's only a month, two months, three months, whatever, a day, I mean, that would suck, obviously, but the fact that he's going to get it, I think a lot of fans that have been on board with Kofi for a while will enjoy it, or at least I know I, I certainly will. And I, I don't see how you cannot do it. Like Daniel Bryan's run as, as WWE champ has been great. It feels like it was always going to be a smart plan to make him hold on to the title until WrestleMania. From till and then have someone usurp him here. And if it was meant to be Mustafa Ali that was doing it, then I'd probably be a bit more on the fence. I think. I mean, the best thing about all of this, and all the worst, depending how you look at it, I the WWE Championship match is going to fall somewhere in the card. The argument is what's going to main event: the Universal Championship or the Women's Three Way. And that's just the nature of WWE. Raw will always be seen as the A show. SmackDown will always be the B show. Probably the same when they move to Fox in October. But because of that, whatever championships is a top of Monday nights gets treated like a bigger deal. It's, it's just the truth. Like, if there was only one world title, I don't even know if Daniel Bryan would be holding it. Which sucks, but that's just kind of my, my, my gut feeling. 
And But that kind of gives you leeway when you do look at WrestleMania and how the card will be laid out. I actually think Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan could open the damn thing. I'm not saying, again, not saying it's good, not saying it's bad, just a, a, an idea that I think could happen. And because of that, you can have Kofi Kingston win, and it's not like there has to be any backstage politics and say, we can't make Kofi the guy, because he's not really, because you're going to have the women's match, and you're going to have the, there's going to be so many matches after that, it would just be an awesome moment within the context of the show. And all that plays into his favour. You could also argue that maybe there's some kind of heel turn with Big E and Xavier Woods. That's a fantasy booking thing that's been going on everywhere. I wouldn't do that. I just think, given how supportive those two guys have always been of Kingston, I'd rather see the New Day as a faction with the world champion in it. Down the line, you can do it, but not straight away. But I'm convinced. I'm absolutely convinced. And I know some other people see it differently, and that's cool. And again, if you are on YouTube right now, please leave, uh, please leave some comments in there. So, uh, you know, we can try and read some of them out as and when. If you don't think Kofi Kingston is going to, and please obviously tell me why, clearly. That's what I love. But no, I'm, I I don't see them going any way. And obviously, SmackDown ended with a pretty impassioned promo from everybody involved. It was the New Day and Vince McMahon. I thought Vince McMahon was great. Big E was great. Xavier Woods was great. Kofi especially was great. Especially because he didn't do the usual babyface thing. You know, he went on about how he never complained. He loved his job. He's missed all these family moments. But he's not going to start complaining now. He is simply going to ask for what he needs to do, and then he'll go and do it to earn his opportunity. Now, what Vince McMahon gave him was hilarious. He asked the beat, who is it? Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, The Bar, and Rowan in a gauntlet match next week. Bit overkill, you could probably say. Also a bit like a Japanese RPG, but if you want to know more about that, watch Ups and Downs. Again, at 2 o'clock, make sure you join me over on What Culture Wrestling while I'll be in the chat live for the premiere of SmackDown Ups and Downs. But I talk about that more there, so I will... Um, I'll hold that back. But I just don't I don't see how you can not do it. And it also, I think, sets up for an awesome trifecta at WrestleMania. Because if Seth Rollins beats Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch beats Charlotte and Ronda, and Kofi Kingston wins that, I think there'll be a real swell of happiness when we go into the Raw and SmackDowns the following weeks, which are always the best Raw and SmackDowns of the year, well, usually, after WrestleMania. And then, you know, you can have three proper babyface champions to kind of own both shows. And that would feel different in WWE, who as of late have become a very heel-focused territory. So I think it just ticks too many boxes. It makes too much sense. I don't think fans would be happy if they didn't do it. I don't think Daniel Bryan has to win. In fact, I think he can lose and it makes no difference. I look forward to it. I really, really do. And if it happens, again, I will never, ever believe anyone unless they have it written down or have some proof that it happened uh, at the start of 2019, that anybody saw this coming. WWE didn't even see this coming. It was meant to be Mustafa Ali. Things happened. That's wrestling. Kofi took on the spot, got over with the fans, and now we're running with it. And that's awesome. That's what wrestling should be about. So, um, yeah, Kenpachi316 said, Boss Rush is exactly that. It is a video game Boss Rush. Uh, how he gets out of it, I don't know, because you don't really want to beat Randy Orton or Samoa Joe. Like, it seems like they're setting up Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, obviously in the four-way that we had to get, uh, so the tag match that we had on SmackDown, which was Samoa Joe and Andrade taking on Rey Mysterio and R-Truth. We had the reversal of what we happened at Fastlane, which I always hate. I hate when we do 50-50 booking, but hey-ho, I've just come to accept it. Because uh, Joe went for the Uranage and Rey Mysterio versed it into a pin, and that's what Joe had done, again, a couple of, a couple of days prior. But I'm all right with Samoa Joe versus... Rey Mysterio for the US title. I think it'd be a really good match. It worries me because I don't see Rey Mysterio losing at WrestleMania. And if we've just given Joe the title so he can lose it a month later, that makes no sense to me. But hey, I'm just going to enjoy that. I've said this again elsewhere, but I'm just going to enjoy the journey with Samoa Joe. You, you never know. So I'm just going to take it day by day. Um, But yeah, the, the, the fact that they've set up Randy Orton to take on AJ Styles. They had a really good promo off. A promo off, not a thing. A really good promo on SmackDown. The best thing about it was it didn't feel scripted. And that may have been scripted. It may not have been scripted. They may have been given a, a touch of leeway. But, you know, having Randy Orton talk about AJ Styles' indie career and Styles bark back by saying, well, you couldn't have hung on the indies and look around you, all my indie mates are here. And Randy Orton referencing Dixie Carter and TNA and all that. That's what I want. You know, that, that, it's true. It's real. Uh, maybe it was lost on some people, but I would hope that if you were truly interested, you'd go out and Google it and, and, and you could understand. But when you do start talking like actual human beings, Randy Orton especially, Randy Orton sometimes gets scripted to say things like, you know, I'm a dark, I'm a dark soul and... In my wildest nightmares, I envision picking the bones. Like, what are you talking about, bro? I know this is fake straight away because that's just not how anybody would speak. Other than The Undertaker and Kane, but they're done. So this was much more real. Randy Orton came across great. AJ Styles came across great. 
I could have done without AJ Styles pointing at the WrestleMania sign because I felt like that took out of the of the of the moment we were having. You know, he just pointed at it, and that's just you know the two things that happen from January to April is that for no reason people start pointing at signs and also get transfixed by signs. You never see a No Way Out sign or a Backlash sign or a Great Balls of Fire sign that people stare at. So I think that's slightly slightly nuts. But yeah, I think it's going to be hard to beat... This is my point a minute ago that I kind of went off on a tangent. It's going to be hard to beat Samoa Joe and Randy Orton in a gauntlet match when they still need to be strong for their matches against AJ Styles and apparently maybe Rey Mysterio respectively. So maybe there's some shenanigans in there. I mean, Rowan probably going to fight Ali at WrestleMania, can kind of do whatever you want with him, mention the bar, they don't really need to win, especially because WWE loves 50-50 booking, and they've already beaten Kofi at Fastlane, so we will see, maybe Luke Harper gets involved, Luke Harper is back on the road, if Rowan is the last guy in the gauntlet match, maybe you could do something with Luke Harper, maybe Luke Harper comes out and helps Kofi Kingston, everybody keeps saying, oh well maybe Luke Harper will join Daniel Bryan, does he need to, can't Luke Harper be a face, Luke Harper underrated man, he can go, I mean, I don't necessarily need to see Luke Harper versus Dan, uh, versus Rowan. But yeah, Luke Harper versus Daniel Bryan, I'd be interested. And you could pitch that post-WrestleMania if he does do something. But that'd be interesting. But yeah, I, I, the whole point is that I am interested to begin with. I want to tune into SmackDown next week to see what they're going to do. Even if they do screw Kofi, I still think it would be uh, the story will be will be done well. And that's that. There we go. I've said it. It's out there now. I'm not going to take it back. I'm not going to change my mind unless something drastic does happen on the TV leading up to Mania. I think it's going to do it. I think Kofi Kingston's going to win the World Championship. And I, for one, will be very happy. I, I do subscribe to the, the notion that if someone's been there a long time and gets over with the fans, obviously, and is getting a good, uh, a good reaction, why not give them a title run? It's something different. We, all, we always want wrestling to be organic and change you know, on a whim as and when it can. And this is one of those times. So let's do it. I look forward to it. Talking to... We'll work backwards on the main event card. I mean, WrestleMania card. Like, the, the Becky and... The Ronda stuff on Raw was great. You know, Ronda coming out looking like she wanted to murder everybody and running down the fans and kind of cementing the fact that she is a heel now. And then Dana Brooke comes out and she gets her ass whooped. And, you know, Ronda Rousey won't even do the armbar now because you've got to pay 50 bucks if you want to see an armbar or 60, whatever she said. I thought that was good. But Charlotte versus Becky on SmackDown felt very... Like, everybody involved felt as if they'd done too much. You know, gone a bit heavy with it the last few weeks. And I didn't really know what to do. I'm sure there are some plans in the tank. But they're probably plans that need to happen either the week or two weeks prior to Mania. So they kind of just talked to each other. And it did... A lot of people have saying that, you know, that WWE had burned this booking. I think this was the first time I felt, uh, that didn't feel as exciting. I mean, the, the Brock Lesnar... Seth Rollins stuff felt more exciting to me this week. I know nothing huge happened, and Paul Heyman and Seth Rollins just had a had a big, uh, well, just a big yelling match. I mean, all the stuff on Raw. The main thing was that Roman got a concussion for Drew McIntyre. We're building to between, you know, we're building to Drew versus Roman at WrestleMania, which a lot of people seem to have a problem with, which I don't understand. Um, you know, they've because everyone said, well, now we've built up Drew McIntyre. Obviously, he had that amazing no uh, false count anywhere match with Dean Ambrose at the end of Raw. And people were like, well, why would we do that just for him to lose to Roman at WrestleMania? Well, that's the point. That's why he was built up to such a degree, so that he feels strong for Roman Reigns. And I don't think necessarily that it's a foregone conclusion that he would win at WrestleMania. Now, I understand why you would think that. You know, he's headlined the last four. This is the first one that he hasn't headlined, but I also think that's why it's good for someone like McIntyre to work with him. You may get that rub just because you're working the, the, the Roman Reigns match. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would think it's silly to bet against Roman Reigns winning that. But if they do have a really good, you know, smash and grab fight, and it ends in convincing fashion, but also where Drew has had a really good showing. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. And if nothing else, it allowed us to have that Dean Ambrose. The worst thing about the Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre match on Raw is like, why couldn't we have done stuff like this with Dean Ambrose more during his WWE run? I didn't think of this until I saw it online. That actually could have been WWE writing Dean Ambrose off television. Because at the start of the show, it was very much like, oh, we all have our individual business to do, and therefore the shield is no more. Dean is off to do some Dean stuff. And at first I thought maybe that was a, a kind of a hint to him signing a new contract because obviously the commentators keep letting us know about that. But after seeing that main event, I'm like, maybe that is it. Maybe if he hasn't come to terms and he's not going to change his mind, you know, getting his head stuck in a railing and then booted off by Drew McIntyre is a great way to take him off TV. Drew can use that for a while. It ties into his match with Roman. 
I don't know. That's purely speculative on my end. But, but it's helped Drew. Drew feels great again. And it took one night. And you forget about that sometimes. I mean, it absolutely sucked that he had to go through all the stuff with Bobby Lashley and, and Baron Corbin to begin with. But I'm my point being is I'm all right with Roman Reigns versus, versus Drew McIntyre. I am. Again, that card is going to be massive. We're going to have, what, 12 to 15 matches? It's at least going to go five hours. At least. You're probably not six plus. Uh, and also, shouldn't mo anyone that is moaning, I bet you were the same people moaning that Roman kept main eventing. At least he's not main eventing. Take what you can get. Just be happy with that. He's not going to main event. He's going to fight Drew McIntyre. Begs the question about what Baron Corbin does or Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor. Finn Balor lost the IC Championship this week to Bobby Lashley despite beating Leo Rush for it and I think never defending it. I was mad, but then again, there's more. Who knows how true it is, but there was more rumors that maybe it's because WWE has other plans for him. What that could be, I don't know. Maybe an appearance on The Demon. Someone threw The Undertaker out there. I can't see it. I don't see how you build that in three weeks. And there has been some, you know, some hoo-ha with The Undertaker as well. And do I even want to see The Demon versus The Undertaker? If The Undertaker's going to win? You know, The Demon Balor isn't going to beat Taker at WrestleMania, I don't think. Even if it has been off the cards. So... I don't necessarily think I'm into that. But then what other big matches are there? I mean, Kurt Angle's got to have a retirement match. But then again, if Kurt Angle's going to have a retirement match and you're going to put Finn Balor in it, I don't think Kurt Angle's going to win his retirement match at WrestleMania. I'd imagine he lose, much like Ric Flair or, or, or somebody like that. So you could keep the Intercontinental Championship with Finn Balor. You could even put it on the line and you could tell the story of Kurt Angle going after it and it being stolen away. So I don't think you, you would remove Finn Balor from that position for that. I don't know. That's going to be interesting. I mean, in terms of Kurt Angle, I think John Cena is the best option. I think that's really cool. You know, 2002, you have your first match, Kurt Angle versus John Cena on SmackDown. And then Kurt Angle's last match, what, 17 years later, is, you know, John Cena. And John Cena is the guy that retires him. I think that's a nice way to go out. There's, 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 a, there's a poetry to that that you can't really do with anybody else on the roster because, of course, John Cena debuted against Kurt Angle. But I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that's going to happen. I mean, John Cena posted a picture of Kurt Angle, which obviously on Instagram, which leads everyone to believe it is the case, but it could just be a shout out to him. But why not? It's not a match that needs much build. And with three weeks left now in terms of TV, you probably do need to pull the trigger quite quickly on it. But yeah, I thought decent Raw, decent SmackDown. SmackDown felt like it put a lot in place for WrestleMania. I mean, we still need to find opponents for Kevin Owens, Mustafa Ali, the Usos. Uh, I guess the bar. I imagine a lot of these will probably be in the Under the Giant Battle Royal and make of that what you will. I quite like the Miz and Shane McMahon stuff as well. Far more than I did sort of four or five months ago when it first began. I, again, I heard all this stuff earlier where people were saying, well, Shane McMahon didn't explain why he went heel. I don't understand it. Maybe I've gone nuts, but wasn't it that he said his whole life people have used him to try and get ahead? The latest person to do this was the Miz and I'm sick of it, and I'm not taking it anymore. And The Miz did do that. The Miz said to Shane McMahon, Shane, I want to team with you and win the tag championship so that my dad shows me the love that I want. That is, by definition, using someone to get you know what you need. So I, I'm not saying it's the best reason for a heel turn ever, but you know, I think it was a satisfying turn at Fastlane. It made sense to a degree. The Miz versus Shane McMahon is an okay match. I mean, who else did you want the Shane or The Miz to fight at WrestleMania? Again, I think that would just be a nice... A nicely told story for the last six months that pays off at the biggest show of the year. And after that, you go back to doing to doing whatever you want. And I think as long as, was it George? George Mazanin doesn't feature too heavily because he doesn't look comfortable when he does. Um, I don't, I, I don't, a lot of people seem down on that. I just think it's a nice story. Not everything has to be, you know, a swerve or unpredictable. I think the best thing about WWE is you can balance that out. Sometimes you have long-term storylines that you expect and they go exactly the way that you assume they did, but you feel good because they've got satisfying endings. And other ones can be all over the, over the place, left, right, center, down, you don't know what's going to happen, and they keep you guessing. I think having that balance is important to having a good wrestling show. But what do I know? See, I think overall a good week. I, you know, I'm excited about WrestleMania. I think on paper, I mean, on paper, I mean, let's see if we can actually get it up rather than me just uh, trying to guess. But I think the card itself actually sounds pretty decent. I mean, I think Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar are going to have a good match. Um, you know, Paul Heyman apparently is quite involved in it. And I can't see Brock Lesnar uh, winning. And I think that's important to bring the Universal Championship back. So yeah, Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. Great. Ronda Rousey, Becky, Charlotte Flair. Admittedly, some things you can criticize, but there's still a lot of heat to it. And easily, 
you know, there is so much momentum to it that having it as the main event of WrestleMania 35, should that be the direction we go in, is justified. I don't think you could criticize that or be surprised. It's arguably one of the hottest programs there is. Uh, Buddy Murphy's going to take on either, who is it, R- Tony Nese or Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship. Probably be on the pre-show, but it will be a great match. All of those guys are awesome. Uh, Kurt Angle versus a mystery guy, as we talked about. Shane McMahon versus The Miz. And Triple H versus Batista, which we'll talk about uh, at the moment. And then obviously AJ Styles versus Randy Orton is likely. Maybe Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. John Cena could fit into the Kurt Angle match, so that's cool. Finn Balor's going to do something. There's loads of stuff. And we've got all the stuff with the tag team guys as well. Even if we do get, you know, Gable and Rude versus Alistair Black and Ricochet versus The Revival, with a, on a bigger stage with more time, again, could steal the show. The, the, the matches they had on Raw and Fastlane did feel a bit... Not nothing, but maybe shortened than it would have been best otherwise. And yeah, I, I've said this before. Alistair Black and Ricochet don't feel as exciting as they did a few weeks ago and have clearly been put in the tag team scene. But that's okay. The tag team scene needs guys like that. If we want to elevate it, you need talent. They're two talented dudes. So I'm not going to get my, my knickers in a twist. We'll talk about Triple H and Batista before we answer some questions. And again, um, we'll answer all the ones on the Facebook group. Facebook, you just go over there and you search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast. And if you do ask anything in the chat, I'll do my best. But if you do super chat, obviously I'll absolutely answer those ones because it's only it's only fair. I like everything with Triple H and Batista. Now it helps massively that it is Triple H and Batista, so you have that nostalgia uh, thing going on. But the main reason I thought it was good this week, it was still good, but it was also so silly, and <laughs> that's kind of one of the reasons I enjoyed it. Like I said this on ups and downs, and I'll say it here too. The promo was literally Batista saying, "Give me what I want." And Triple H saying, I won't give you what you want. Get in the ring and I, I want to face you like a man. And BTS are going, no, I'm not going to do that. Just give me what I want. And Triple H went, okay, cool. But come to the ring and face me like a man. And Batista went, yeah, but give me what I want. And so on and so forth. But, you know, they span it with fire. Batista literally was spitting it. Water was was coming out of his mouth. I always think Triple H is good in these positions. He comes across as very intense. It was a little bit weird that recently he had said he'd do anything to get Batista. And then when Batista challenged him, Triple H went, no, you quit a couple of times. But I think it works. And... Again, it's not going to dominate the event. It's not going to dominate the build. I bet we don't even see Batista again, maybe once before WrestleMania, nor that we need to. They shouldn't get into any kind of scrap before Mania. You could even leave it at this and just build it up with video packages. And you get to see Batista's last ever match at WrestleMania going against Triple H. I don't care if he wins or loses. I don't care if Triple H wins or loses. It's just the fact that you get that kind of name value onto the card. And it certainly seemed to have an effect on the Raw rating. You know, if you if people seemed interested in the Roman Reigns match, interested to see what Ronda Rousey was going to do, and interested to see how the angle between Triple H and Batista would play out. And yeah, sure, it didn't really tie into everything that happened at the 70th birthday party, but I think it's well told. Um, and I, I did, you know, I, I think Batista coming back as a heel and getting to do this his way, the irony, because that's in storyline too, has, has worked wonders, and I want to see it. And more, and more power to the both of them. Uh, you know, I think Batista is 50 now. Triple H is coming up to 50. And I bet they're still able to to pull something out. Like, it is going to be... Is it no holds barred or is it a street fight? Whatever they're calling it. So they'll use weapons and they'll throw each other around. So there'll be some smoke and mirrors. But it's like, it's, it's a match that can just exist. And it can go either way. And 24 hours later, it means nothing. I do think it's a bit weird that Batista isn't going into the Hall of Fame if this is his last match. Or maybe he thinks he'd like to do that at a different WrestleMania so he can just enjoy it more. But they don't really have a headliner. I guess DX are going to be the headliner, which seems a bit strange. They don't seem like a... I could be wrong. I don't. I have no idea what's going to happen. But... Yeah, I liked it. And going back to the Mania card too, I think yeah, on paper, in paper it looks good. I don't know how I feel about Beth Phoenix and Natalia teaming up. It seems a bit out of nowhere. The funniest thing about Raw was that you know Natty comes out there and she goes, "I've got a friend I could trust. I couldn't trust Ronda Rousey. I thought I could, but I can trust Beth Phoenix." And Beth Phoenix just jumps in and beats up Nia Jax to cause the DQ as soon as Natty's in trouble. I know that Tamina was getting involved, but I was a bit like, "That's not a good friend, Beth. That's not what friends do. You should trust Natty. Is a good enough pro wrestler uh, uh, to be able to get out of this." But you know, hey ho, that's what friends do. And now, I mean, honestly, we, we we literally are when we get to when we get to next week on the show, we're three weeks out from Mania Thirty Five. I think the build's good. You know, TV ratings are doing all right. I'm excited about it. I I, I want to see I want to see where it goes. I'm just going through uh, to make sure I haven't missed any news bits. Apparently, Roman Reigns may not be on the show next week, which would make sense. 
you know, he is playing up a concussion issue. So, you know, why wouldn't you? Uh, you know, it would be good if they started doing stuff like that. There was this thing going around that apparently Brock Lesnar had a couple of backstage meetings with WWE. I mean, I'm sure that's him saying, look, my contract's coming due. How much money are you going to pay me? There's no surprise that Dana White has started using Brock Lesnar in, in his interviews again. I'm sure there's been conversations there too. Uh, otherwise, the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, apparently they refuse to sign new contracts that come up in September. I don't think that means much. It may be they just want to get closer to the September to see if they've got better leverage. Maybe they go, maybe they stay. Uh, creatively, they probably like to go. AEW would use them because they're going to push the tag team division. And they've never really done much of anything in WWE, which is crazy because they're good. Uh, Hall of Fa uh, Harlem Heat are going into the Hall of Fame. Interesting, because a lot of people, there was a big debate online about the fact that Stevie Ray is going into the Hall of Fame. Never understand why we do that. Uh, you know, well done and, you know, all the best to anybody that gets put in the Hall of Fame. You know, you're a professional wrestler. You, uh, you know, it, it's an honor. I'm never going to sit here and go, I can't believe so-and-so is in the Hall of Fame. That goes for Stevie Ray. It goes for Tori Wilson. If they want to put in the gobbledygooker, all right, good for Hector Guerrero. I'm sure that he sacrificed a lot, and I'm sure he himself will have a have a have a have a good day and feel very proud of himself. Not to say that you can't critique it. If you want to crap all over the WWE Hall of Fame, fame, please do. But I always try and look at it from the from the personal point of view. And while I'm sure they don't care, I can imagine, depending on the day they're having, seeing a bunch of random people saying, I don't think so and so should be in the Hall of Fame. I'd be like, really? Really? <laughs> but hey, that's the internet for you. And I think that's everything. I think that's all the all the news. I mean, WWE filed for Tough Enough. Wouldn't surprise me if they do that again. You know, reality TV isn't going away uh, anytime soon. Nikki Bella's got a new boyfriend. I'm literally just reading a news site now. I don't care about stuff like that. That's people's personal lives. And that's it. That's Raw. That's SmackDown. That's Fastlane. We're on the road to WrestleMania. New Japan Cup's going on as well, as we've talked about. But I haven't got around to it yet. I've heard there's some amazing matches on it, some dangerous matches too. Uh, but I will. I will get there. I will get there eventually. I'm just um, loading up the questions, which we will get into. Again, if you're on YouTube, please do ask a question, and we will get to it if I can. 100% get to all Super Chat questions, of course, because that's just the way the world works. Uh, but you can join the Facebook group. Make it nice and easy for yourself. Just go to Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. And if you are on YouTube right now, smash the subscribe button. Why not? I'm going to smash it right now. Can't subscribe to my own my own channel. But you, you certainly can. Uh, first question, Christian Brown. Favorite non-WWE match, not including Kenny Omega, uh, and two, Shelton Benjamin, new Paul Heyman guy. No, I did like the fact that Shelton Benjamin was on Raw, though. Absolutely crazy for two reasons. One, we haven't seen him for ages, and also he is meant to be a SmackDown Live guy. But hey, Shelton Benjamin is underutilized talent. I got no issue with him uh, him being drafted in. I, will he be on Raw next week? Probably not. I think this was just a way to have somebody associated with Brock Lesnar on Raw when Brock can't be there. Maybe they're... I'm trying to think who else they could do that with. I mean, the Big Show's had a long history of Brock Lesnar. So maybe they do something with the Big Show and Seth Rollins next week with Big Show saying, look, man, you don't know what you're doing. And then you're basically there. You get Brock Lesnar on the go-home show for Raw and, and, and you're at it. My favorite non-WWE match not featuring Kenny Omega. Well, I mean, it's probably um, AJ Styles. It's one of two. AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels versus Samoa Joe. Um at is it, what the hell was it? i can't remember on that tna event but i also very very much enjoyed the first ever samojo versus Kurt angle match both in tna i thought they were i thought they were just brilliant um i'd also throw in who else what else would i throw in there akada versus naito from wrestle kingdom last year i, I thought was awesome i thought the way they it, it just felt like a normal match for 10 minutes and then just exploded into this incredible feat of whatever and then you could go back and watch the first 10 minutes and know where it's going and enjoy it more pretty impressive to say the least cameron sykes hey simon are you still confident the raw women's title match will headline wrestlemania considering how much becky has cooled off in the last few weeks cameron it's funny you say that i was thinking the same thing today as i was watching becky lynch's promo it was a fine promo it, it, it tied into everything that becky lynch needs to do and she's got rid of the crutch and you know, she she still feels like she's the, the the reason that you know the 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 momentum is there. But I would agree with you. It doesn't feel as exciting as it did maybe a week, ten days, two weeks ago. I don't find myself overwhelmingly siding with Becky Lynch, and I'm talking a bit from a gut point of view. That's the way I watch wrestling. I try and be instinctive with it. You know, if Ronda or Charlotte won at this point, I'd, I'd have a reaction. But it certainly wouldn't be one of oh, can't believe it. I actually think I'd find it more intriguing to see what, what WWE were going to take it as long as they didn't do it just for the sake of doing it and 
that did lead me to question, are they still going to go? I, I think they will, because I don't think you're going to have a better year to do it, and it makes so much sense. But it wouldn't, at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if Seth versus Brock took that position as well. I do think you're right. I do think it's calmed down a lot. You know, if WrestleMania had happened two weeks ago, I don't think there could have been an argument. Now I'm a bit more open to hearing the argument, even though I'd still side on the fact that, again, the women should do it. The women should do it because it, it's there and it's ready. And again, you may not get the opportunity again, depending on what happens in a year, two years. Uh, Kevin Shirley, have you watched any of Minoru Suzuki's work in New Japan? And if so, what's your opinion of him? I've watched a lot of Suzuki. I think he's one of the most unique guys I've ever seen and comes across like a genuine psychopath. And I think that's always important. Much like Samoa Joe, if I can actually believe you want to kill someone, I I'm probably going to believe what you do more. I think Suzuki, much like, I mean, not in the same ilk, but, you know, Goto, Suzuki, Tanahashi, all those guys are perfect at what they do. And to the point, maybe they wouldn't even work in WWE because they wouldn't be harnessed in the way that they'd need to. Uh, Jordan Appleby, do you think WWE is taking things a bit far by openly telling you during storylines that it's all fake? Surely they can't act real... Uh, surely they can act real without actually breaking the fourth wall. It's putting me off, if I'm honest. I do agree with that. I agree with that in the end. I don't mind them. I don't mind Ronda Rousey coming out and saying that Charlotte and Becky are jokes. And that if I buy into whatever this charade is, it's also a joke. I'm cool with that. I actually think that works. I think it's a good way to spark, deba to spark debate. It's a good catalyst. But when I have Michael Cole on commentary saying, oh, Ronda Rousey's gone rogue. That's when I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't tell me that. Let me decipher what she's done. Because also, if you say if you say she's gone rogue, you're basically insinuating that she's gone off the script. And it, 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 it introduces so many little mechanics. For example, that means that Michael Cole also has a script. And I don't need to think that much about it. So I agree. I think there's a fine line. And I think they went over that line a little bit. And obviously, I, I use this example all the time. And I will continue to do so. But that's where my line is. I know where it is, thanks to WCW. When Tony Schiavone, after, I think it was Goldberg, walked out of a match at Halloween Havoc, Slambury, whatever the hell it was. I think it was versus Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner, something like that. It was a triple threat. But you know, Tony Schiavone, the WCW commentator, actively said, the reason Goldberg has left is that the predetermined script and the moves that each of the men were meant to do on each other has been thrown out the window and Goldberg is not going to put any part of it. The story being that now what we're seeing is real and Goldberg is being unprofessional because he feels like the guys he was in the ring with were also being unprofessional. I mean, that's not even a good story. That's like backstage shenanigans that I have no interest in, made worse by the fact they're fake backstage shenanigans. And I feel like we kind of dipped our toe into that a little bit with that one line. Like, Ronda Rousey's gone rogue. It's like, but you should know that she's gone rogue. Because you should just, you know, you're, you're my eyes and you're my ears. You should just be accepting everything that you're seeing. And then let me, as the viewer, go, well, wait, I, the classic thing, right? Well, I know the rest is fake, but what about this bit? So, yes, that's probably a bit too much. But I do appreciate them trying something different. I think sometimes as wrestling fans, we ask them to do something that doesn't fit the norm. And they do, but we don't like it, so we kick off. And again, critique them all you want. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want them to try different things they're not always going to get it right i'm not saying they've got this one wrong but they're not always going to get it right so we shouldn't shit all over them because of that sometimes we just shrug our shoulders and go okay well please do try again but this one's not for me and a lot of people are doing that but a lot of people going crazy too uh cheney childers hope you're well cheney by the way here are my questions do you see nine tamina going against natalia and beth phoenix at wrestlemania yes and i think sasha and bailey will be involved in it too uh, get, I'll get back to you when I think about that because I still can't quite fathom how it all came together so fast. Do you think McIntyre will face Roman at Mania? Absolutely. Small chance he may win. Who will face Kurt Angles for a farewell match? I'm thinking Corbin, but I don't know. Uh, today is my fourth appointment day. Infusion going to be a blast. Good luck, Chaney. I hope everything goes well. I think Baron Corbin is a shout, even though I don't necessarily want to see it because obviously they have a story that hasn't been paid off, the, the whole general manager thing. John Cena fits that role. Again, Finn Balor could be put in there. It's not the worst spot in the world. And you do want someone that's going to be able to sort of elevate Kurt Angle. What a thing to say. Kurt Angle, the person that could smash it with everyone back in the day. Father Time is an asshole. I, I'd probably say Baron Corbin and John Cena are my two, my two top picks. But again, in the comments on YouTube, please throw something in there now to, to, to put some more ideas in there. 
Uh, Sam Colvert. As much as I love the women's division at the moment, am I the only one that feels there's not enough decent finishers amongst the women's roster? Most of the top stars have submission finishers, which to me is less exciting. It means less shock finishes out of nowhere, less dramatic two counts, etc. Uh, outside of Ember Moon's Eclipse, I can't really think of a finisher that I really love in the women's division. You gotta love Mandy Rose's Angel Wings, my friend. That's one of my favourite finishes there is, hands down. Screw men or women. Uh, no, I don't think that's true. I mean, Oscar's got her kick, but yes, yeah, she has the Oscar lock. Charlotte has the figure of eight, but she also has natural selection. I think a lot of them have both. Becky Lynch is the disarmer. Ronda Rousey's an armbar, but she's been working in that Piper's Pit thing. Uh, Sasha Banks is the... But you're right, that's a finisher too, Bailey. But you know, there are a lot of submission finishes. Is that the worst thing in the world? I'm not sure that's terrible, given how you know popular MMA and UFC is. But you are right. Maybe the balance is a little bit off. I mean, Nia Jax does Simone drop. Tamina does a splash, so that's good. Bailey does Bailey to belly, then you're right. Sasha Banks does tap people out. Charlotte taps people out. Beck more often than not. So does Becky. So does Ronda. Angels wings by Mandy Rose is great. Oscar taps people out. Don't know what Sonya Deville's finish is, not going to lie. Uh, is, is Naomi still the rear view? I don't think she has a submission hold, but she doesn't even feature on TV. And then, I don't know what Lacey Evans does. All I know about Lacey Evans is because she's got really catchy theme music. She wasn't on SmackDown, and I spent all morning going, like a lady, walk like a lady. I was like, oh, great, that's in my head. You're right. It is unbalanced. They could probably sort that out, but I also don't think it's a massive deal. Uh, Jaden Wiggins. What matches that have not been announced and do not look to be happening at Double or Nothing would you be excited to see in AEW? I think Pac versus Omega would be fine. Well, Pac versus anyone, right? Pac versus Omega, Pac versus Jericho, Pac versus either of the Young Bucks, Pac versus Cody, uh, <laughs> Pac versus Joey Janela. You know, it's just it's Pac versus anyone. Pac is great. The best thing about AEW, well, I, I would sit here, but the best thing about AEW is I think you could take the roster right now and match anybody up, and it would be cool. And that's why I like it. Like, even Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho, I'd love to see, especially because it'd be a throwback to a WWE sort of match too. Um, it's gone quiet on the AEW front, which I think it had to do. I think that's important. But yes, I think we can run through all of those for at least a couple of years, especially Jer Jericho versus Matt Jackson. It's interesting. It's different. You know, Jericho versus Pentagon Jr. If they're able to do that versus Phoenix. There's so many. Cody versus Phoenix. Like, it's ridiculous the amount of matches they could have. Uh, and then obviously you've got MJF that could also fit into all of those things. Going to meet MJF soon. It's coming to a Defiant show. I look forward to it. Uh, Michael Rigney. Hi, Sam. I hope you're having a great day. You too, Michael. Why are WWE putting so many matches on the WrestleMania card? This week, we learned that Kurt Angle will have his last match at Mania and then retire. It feels like that will just be a filler match when Kurt's retirement really should be given much more prominence than a random match to fill out the card. What do you think? I think that's always been the way of WrestleMania. They always uh, throw loads of matches onto it. They're not going to change. I think it depends how you look at it. Within context, you have a point. But also, having your last match at WrestleMania is going to be special. And if he is able to pull it out and he does get an awesome opponent, it may be something you remember more than anything else. I mean, when I think back to WrestleMania 31, of course I think of the cash-in, but I also think about Seth Rollins doing that really, really cool curb stomp to Randy Orton. And I think I remember that because it was at WrestleMania and because I kind of tap into it a bit more when I'm watching it. So I do think there's too many matches. I do think we could shrink the length, the running time. It probably does go on too long. But I think if you're going to retire Kurt Angle this year and you can do it at WrestleMania, do it at WrestleMania. I think that's, um, I think that's fair. Um, Connor Bennett. Afternoon, Mr. Miller. With it being very unlikely that we get feel-good victories for all of Seth, Becky, and Kofi, well, I disagree, my friend, uh, is there a possibility of Roman regaining the Universal title sooner rather than later back on? The other two seem more destined to win the titles at the moment. No, no, not at all. I think, I think you can do that at WrestleMania. I absolutely think you can do that at WrestleMania. I think you can do... Why not? Why is WrestleMania? No, I, I disagree. I think you could... I mean, if, if someone said... Which one is less likely? I would go Kofi Kingston, I think. I think Brock Lesnar has to lose to Seth Rollins. I don't think you can do what you did again last year and have Brock Lesnar wins. I think that turns the crowd. You could have a way out if the women go on last, but I think it would be a bad idea. And I don't think you're going to swerve the fans with Becky. And I just think Kofi is a good idea. I think they could do it. Like They have been doing a lot of different things recently. It's not really just sort of cut through. Uh, as much as it probably should have done. I'm confident that they may have more fun th with it than we realise. Ryan Howard. Hey, Simon. What's your favourite Kurt Angle match? Uh, well, probably the Shawn Michaels one at what, WrestleMania 19, 21, whenever it was. I'm not good with dates like that. Otherwise, you know, shame, the Shane McMahon one always comes to mind. I don't know whether it's my favourite one, 
but it was impactful and it was crazy and I still think about it to this day. Mostly how they're both still alive. And if you haven't seen King of the Ring 2001, go and watch it on the WWE Network. You'll be blown away. Uh, Ashley Robertson Voss, who do you fancy to retire Kurt Angle? If I had my choice, it'd be John Cena. Babette Kidney, the man with the amazing name. Hey, Simon, hope all is good. Talking tag titles. They currently have a lot of three-way brawls and feuds going on Raw and SmackDown for these belts, men and women. Even though the tag division is getting a push right now, it seems like WWE doesn't trust the good old two versus two format to carry a title match at Mania. Do you think WWE is about to overbook the tag title picture? Geez, a question as this would never have been asked a year ago. Thanks, AEW. You're right, Babek. You are right. I think the problem is, I don't think it's necessarily that we don't he doesn't we don't trust two on two matches, other than the fact that fair play to WWE. They like to get as many people on the show as possible, especially at WrestleMania. And an easy way to do that is to have triple threat tag team matches because you've just made six people. So, yes. Uh, they are doing it, uh, but I'm going to... It all depends on the match quality. And as long as they eventually do get back into two... and I, mean, I think the main thing we need to do with the tag team division at the moment is not just do match, 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 which we have been doing. Like, give them promo time. Let them sell their characters. When's the last time we heard Dash and Dawson come out and just cut a promo? Or just kind of give, them, give us an insight into their characters? Same with Alistair Black and Ricochet. You know, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode. We get backstage segments... But maybe a bit more focus on that would make it feel like a division we could take more seriously. Uh, shout out to Spaz Phoenix in a super chat. You get the hand on the heart, as you know. Will you guys come to Canada for SummerSlam? First drink is on me. Man, if we can, I promise you we'll be there. Uh, and I'll let you know. And Spaz Phoenix will meet up and we'll do some stuff for your YouTube channel too. On that note as well, if you are going to WrestleMania, uh, we are going to be there, me and all the What Culture guys. And if you're around on Monday, April the 8th, we are going to be doing What Culture Live at Stand Up NY in New York. I think it's half two on the Monday. Uh, all information is at whatculture.com forward slash tickets if you want to come down come down say hello uh, shake my hand slap my head and, and do all that sort of stuff uh, shout out to Daniel Brotherton as well in the super chat just a thought I think Ric Flair is secretly working with Batista all along and will turn on Triple H at Wrestlemania I love that idea Daniel and I would love nothing more for that to happen because you're right we never actually saw Batista beat Ric Flair up and I'd feel as a fan that watches each and every week I feel justified and I feel rewarded for my watching. The problem is I don't think WWE wants to have Flair on TV each and every week. And that's why they won't do it. To tell that story, you need Ric Flair on Raw. And I can't see him being on Raw. However, I would love it. And it would be a great moment at WrestleMania. So I'm, I'm on board if it does. Uh, James Iverson. Hey, Simon. Hope you're well. Thank you, my man. You too. So if Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are to split, who turns face? Good question. I really like Sonya, but think she would be lost as a baby face. So I'm going to say Mandy Rose, as I think WWE sees her as the new Trish. What do you think? I don't see Mandy Rose as a face at all. She's such an asshole, intentionally. That's why a split right there. Sometimes it's okay to take a step back and go, that doesn't work. Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are better at the moment as a team. Especially if you've got the women's tag team titles. Why would you break up a team? But they are teasing that. Unless it's a ruse. I don't like all this rings, apron, slickman stuff too. That doesn't work for me. It's creative, but it's not necessarily good. I don't have a question. I don't have an answer for you, James. I just, again, it's a situation where we don't need to do it. Much like breaking up Rusev Day. Who's it benefited? No one. And that's how I see fire and desire. It won't benefit anybody. Don't do it. Um, where am I going now? Aaron Salaber. Hey, Simon. New to the podcast. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you very much. Bloody loving it. I love having you here. Wondering what your opinion is on the push up the main roster for Alistair Black and Ricochet. Do you think WWE will push a great storyline for both of them individually? Or do you think they will suffer the same fate as most of all the other stars brought up from NXT? Love your work, man. And love from Australia. Aaron, shout out to Australia. I mean, it's tough. If, if I had told you that they were going to be brought up and were going to be put in... Um, the tag team division, I would imagine you've gone, what? But that's so much better than what happened to somebody like EC3 or Nikki Cross, who have been absolutely railroaded or sanity. You know, they came up and didn't even have a, have a blink before they were taken back down. So I think it's early days. I do think they've cooled off. But if we are going to start building the tag team division, like we just said, and we need talented bodies in it, and that's where Alistair Black and Ricochet start before going off their separate ways, awesome. I think it's working for both of them. I think Alistair Black feels more cool and more badass each week. I think Ricochet is able to showcase his talent more each week. But they have the protection of doing it together. So uh, I I'm cool with it now. But we can only really address that question six months down the line. But look, right now, they're already doing, doing better than a lot of people have been called up. Look at Andrade, right? So again, sometimes it may not be what you want. But it's better than what we could have had, and that's okay. Uh, shout out to my man Michael W as well, who just signed up to the channel memberships. You can do that. There's a join button. 
at the bottom uh, at the bottom of the screen. Uh, it just gives you access to my Q and A's that I do on my Patreon. Uh, but it's just another way to do it. It costs the same amount. So shout out to my man, Michael. Uh, love your work, he says. Much appreciated. What's the news with Lars Sullivan? Is he officially out of WWE? Have an excellent day, good sir. Same to you, Michael. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know for sure. The latest I heard was that he will... Is in a good place, which is important because apparently he did have some kind of anxiety attack or some mental health uh, incident. And if you are a fan of my YouTube channel, I do vlogs about that because I'm very passionate about mental health. And I think it's really important that we do have that chat. Again, when you're done here, uh, you can just go through my channel and find that stuff. And it's good that WWE has been supported by that. And hopefully when he does come back, he'll feel he'll feel ready to go if he wants to. That's the real question. Does he want to come back to pro wrestling? Maybe it was a realization it's not what he wants to do. But he is in a good place, is the word on the street. WWE's treated him very well. If he does come back and smashes it, awesome. I think that will be a real empowering moment for pro wrestling that goes to show you will be protected if you do suffer something like this, as you should be, and a position will be waiting for you on the card. So, fingers crossed. Shout out to my man Crouton uh, in the super chat. Simon, how do you feel about the growing rumors in the internet wrestling community that most of the guys from 205 are being axed after Mania? I have not seen them. I can't see that happening at all. I think, I mean, who are you talking about? Cedric Alexander, Bertie Murphy, Tony Nice, uh, Jack Gallagher. Who else? Noam Dar is there. I mean, let's not just list the 205 Live people. I think if you let all those people back out into the wild when you've got Ring of Honor, AEW, PW3, trying to you know, cement these rosters and get guys that are super talented and that really haven't been used to their full potential. The last thing you want to do is is allow other people to hire them. I, I, I will be surprised if that happens. And also, if nothing else, I never want to see anybody lose their job. But I don't like those rumors. Now I've just heard about them. But I'm confident it won't happen. I hope not. Um, Richard Ingman, do you think WWE? Do you think we see any more NXT call-ups before SummerSlam? Maybe a surprise debut on the Raw after Mania. I think the only one I'd like to see on the main roster at the moment is Shayna Baszler, as bringing up the undisputed era would create too much of a gap in NXT, and there's no room for them. Yes, I agree. Shayna Baszler's ready. She can come up. Maybe Velveteen Dream too. Otherwise, let's not touch it. We've again, we've seen what happens with some of them. Let's take our time. There's no rush. NXT is smashing it. NXT Takeover Brooklyn will be great. One step at a time, please. Uh, Jason Gilmore, what's the w- uh, what is WWE's plans for Finn Balor, or are there any? Dude, you tell me, man. I don't know. Changes every day. Josh Jell, hey Simon, hope you're well. Are you looking forward to WrestleMania this year? I'm not as hyped as I should be. Uh, I also could please, could you and John react to Blackbird by Alterbridge? We probably should actually. I love that song. Uh, why? I'm not as hyped as you meant to be. Well, I think you will get hyped in a few weeks. Like there's still three weeks out, and we're kind of in building mode here. Uh, I am excited about it. Again, if I go through all the matches, Triple H Batista gets a tick. Brock Lesnar versus Seth gets a tick as long as Seth wins. The women's main event is still great, even though there are controversies to it. If we do Samojo versus Rey Mysterio, great match. I think it'll be really good WrestleMania this year. I think I'll have a hot crowd. New York is always good. Uh, and it always feels like an event anyway. You can't really have a bad WrestleMania these days, I don't think. It feels too much like a, a thing. Uh, Pi Marek, Dean Ambrose leaving, work or reality? If someone put a gun to my head right now, I'd say it was real. Just my gut feeling. Enzo Casada, would Bray Wyatt be better off in Impact Wrestling? No. Bradley Radborn, do you think they will tell other wrestling stories through film, Paige Hogan, etc.? For example, the Benoit situation or China story, maybe the history of Eddie Guerrero and his family's legacy. The only other movie I can see being made wrestling-wise is Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon probably has the most notoriety. I'm sure he would be involved so he wouldn't get the true story, but I think it would get traction. Out of that, I mean, the Hulk Hogan one is being done, obviously with Chris Hemsworth. Uh, but no, not China or Benoit or Guerrero. I can't see it. Maybe Benoit, but I wouldn't necessarily want to see that. Uh, Mark Rory Day. Are you excited for Batista versus Triple H? I'm really struggling to care. It feels rushed and like a last-minute call, despite the tease on SmackDown 1000 last year. Maybe it's just me, but I don't care about it at all. And the way they made the match on Raw was awful. It seemed to be a baby wanting something, and the preteen saying no. Then why the Abby doesn't? St- then when the Abby doesn't stop, the parent finally just gives in and says yes to shut the kid up. Maybe that's just me, but it came across as a really pathetic and whiny. Um, it, it was a bit weird. Like, you know, we talked about it. it. Was It was basically two people just shouting at each other. But they shouted with intensity. It is Batista and Triple H. So they have star power. I thought it was fine. It probably could have been done a bit better. And it did make me chuckle. Um, 
But I am excited about it. I love nostalgia, though. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. Like I, I love seeing the people come back. I loved it when Goldberg came back a couple of years ago. Sting. It just makes me happy. I'm just that guy. Uh, Nick Palmer. Uh, at Mania, we are expecting Seth versus Brock with Seth winning. Oh, this, is all the, <laughs> this is the thing with the whole Seth, Kofi, and, and Charlotte again. Uh, no, I, I think it can happen. I, I, I think it can happen. I think a lot of people... Let's just leave it at that. You know, we, we can, we'll have a proper debate about this the week before Mania. I believe, given that it would be three feel-good moments at WrestleMania, which always used to be the way that Kofi, Seth, and Becky will all win. That my opinion could change over the next few weeks. That's how I feel, um, that's how I feel now. Uh, Thomas Sutton, with Black and Ricochet doing well on the main roster, would it be beneficial for them to keep jumping back and forth from NXT in order to kindly slowly leave instead of just leaving everything behind altogether? Uh, P.S. Please check your message on Patreon. I have a question for you via that. I will, Thomas. Uh, Patreon, I'm sorting out today. Sorry I've been behind. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's any rush. You don't just need to cut your legs off because you have gone to the main roster. I mean, wrestlers have crazy schedules anyway. So no, I hope... I, take your time with it. Take your time. Baby steps. You're doing well on Raw. Kind of established that they're on Raw now. I know they keep popping up on SmackDown, but they weren't on this week. Keep it NXT. Build. Leave. Everyone's happy. Um, Where am I going? Uh, Chris Mettinger. At this point in Kobe's career, do you think he could still have a successful or even interesting singles run without the New Day sort of propping him up as far as the story and character goes? I stopped following for a rather long period from about Mania 20 to 33. I missed all of his initial runs, so I'm genuinely curious. Again, it all depends. You know, it's a bit of a cop-out answer. But the, uh, the the best example of all of this is that Drew McIntyre felt a bit cold. And then within one episode of Raw, he feels like the biggest badass on the planet. And people are, you know, clambering for him not to lose at WrestleMania. And you can do that, you know, you, you can do that with Kofi Kingston, should you so wish. I also think you have to look at it from a fan's perspective. If Kofi did win the belt, unless you're going to do a story with one of Big E or Xavier Woods turning heel, do we want to see them break up? I don't necessarily think we do. I think the, the joy and the satisfaction comes in seeing Kofi and his two best friends celebrate the fact that he is now the WWE champion. And maybe you go one step further and, you know, you can have um, the Usos lose the New Day maybe at WrestleMania and they've all got belts. And then you finally draw a line out of the group and they go their separate ways. That's nice to me. I think everything needs to be a swerve. Um, but yes, I think you probably could do it. But I think that's a nicer story. A uh, shout out to Grugo Gruggins. Amazing name in the super chat. Who will face Oscar at Mania? Bro, I don't know. The rumor was Lacey Evans. Again, I'm cool with it if that's what you want to do. But she should have been on SmackDown this week. Uh, it could have been Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville. But it looks like they've moved off. I don't know. I, Lacey Evans is the only option I've got. Who else is there? I mean, Naomi could be put into the picture. Doesn't seem likely. Uh, who else is missing at the moment? I mean, Alicia Fox is persona non grata. She's AWOL. I guess it is Lacey Evans. Maybe we do something next week. Bro, I'd love to tell you. I got no idea. Um, where am I looking? We'll talk about this. Mark Roy Day, just quickly as we're about to wrap up, mentions all the Eminem stuff. Uh, so the rumor was on Fightful that Eminem and 2K had signed a deal. And that Eminem was going to be the guest soundtrack producer, whatever they do in the WWE games. And then he was also going to have an appearance on Raw uh, when it moves to Fox, which makes sense. Fox is a massive channel. Uh, Eminem's representatives have now come out and said that's not true. And now there's more rumors that apparently they may have pulled the deal because it leaked beforehand. Uh, the guy that runs Fightful, or at least is part of Fightful, said that apparently WWE got in touch with them and threatened uh, some kind of legal action. I don't know what that is. I'm going off tweets that I've seen. I don't know how... I mean, your question was was basically about the the involvement in that. I mean, the thing is, Eminem is a massive star. Massive. And for him to be involved in WWE, especially when they've just moved to Fox, uh, theoretically, in October, would get people to tune in. He's Eminem. My mum knows who Eminem is, you know. It, 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 I don't think she's ever listened to an Eminem song, but she's probably heard one just in the ether. It would suck if they decided to, you know, to, to, to pull out. But that's what happens with, you know, when when these things... You know, when these things do happen, it's the wrestling. New, it's hard to criticize the wrestling new world because I'm sure you're like me and you love it. You wake up every day, you check the news, you want to see what's going on. And if some of those stories then affect reality, it's too hard to crap all over it because you're still the person that's invested in it. And if you're not, you, you, you well, you must be because otherwise you wouldn't know about it to begin with. So it is a double-edged sword. I think sometimes people buy a little bit too much into it. Uh, you know, all the stuff with Dave Meltzer sometimes and, 
you know, he's just a guy with his opinions. I mean, Dave Meltzer carries a bit more weight because he's been doing it for so long, and his wrestling knowledge is amazing. He's a wrestling historian, and therefore, you know, he, he has a certain a certain gravitas when he speaks. But you don't have to listen to him. He is just a dude at the end of the day. And sometimes people go crazy about it. So look, I'd love it if Eminem was involved. I love Eminem. I love his music. If not, Salavi, we shrug our shoulders and move on. Uh, quick shout out to Crouton in the super chat who says, Harper's at fast line. When does he come back? I would say next week on SmackDown if he's come back before Mania. Get him involved in that SmackDown Gauntlet match. Maybe even keep him in a face. He takes out Rowan. Kofi wins. You can move into a program like that. Luke Harper as a face uh, is fine with me. Uh, right, that's the hour done. We smashed it again. Make sure you head over to What Culture Wrestling right now if you are watching live on YouTube. I'll be live in the comments as we premiere SmackDown Ups and Downs. You can get all my thoughts on that on a segment-by-segment basis. Again, if you could support on Patreon.com, forward to summer 316 you have no idea how much it helps me to be able to do this stuff all my personal projects are funded through there if you're on youtube right now please do subscribe on instagram and twitter at summer 316 and again just enjoy resting we're three weeks away from wrestlemania we only get one a year double this wrestlemania 70 a lot of us are going to be dead or looking at being dead so we may as well just enjoy wrestlemania 35 if nothing else i always appreciate you watching i always appreciate you listening we'll be back next week wednesday 1 p.m gmt uk time please do stop by uh they've got that watching now counter in the bottom i love it when those numbers go up it makes me feel happy um if nothing else yeah, just enjoy it i'll see you on what culture wrestling in a second i'm gonna hit my little starting soon button even though i've got to get one that says ending now thanks as always love you loads and i'll talk to you again soon <laughs>